0: Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I am really enthused and really excited today to have Lale Girger on the show. And hopefully, I got that right, uh, Lale. But uh, Lale, uh, a couple things about uh, Lale that I really appreciate. She's a healthcare HR leader, she's got vast experience, she's been doing this full time in consulting. Uh, she has a very interesting approach uh, to HR to, um, well, anyway, I'm not going to steal her thunder. Uh, Lale, just wanted to say welcome to the show and thank you for peeling all time to do this with me. Oh,
1: thank you for
0: having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lale, I I'd love to start off. Um, I love stories and so do our listeners. And maybe you can tee us up by, by talking a little bit about what led you to become the person you are today or, you know, said another way, tell me a little bit about your origin story.
1: Right, absolutely. So actually, HR is my second career. So I was a professional mm. actress for the state theater in Turkey mm. and a faculty member at a university there. So during when, the time that I lived in Turkey, I was also volunteering at an orphanage uh, teaching teenage girls theater. Now, explaining all of this will actually lead to what I do now, to human resources, I promise. (laughs) But if we go back to your original question and actually um, to when you originally contacted me, you said you wanted to hear my story, essentially to find out what made me who I am today, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So I've been thinking about that ever since you contacted me. And when I look at my life, the moments that truly impacted me, whether it's in my professional or personal life, I realize that it's those times when I was fortunate enough to receive empathy or those times when I've been able to come up with a solution that came from empathy, that came from connection. So... Mm quickly back to the days when I was volunteering at the orphanage in Turkey and to put things in perspective back then I used to say marriage maybe children never well (laughs) among other things I learned never to say never Mm -hmm. so one day at the orphanage one of the teenagers I had been having a hard time connecting with invited me to the baby room I went with her in order to connect with her, right? Little did I know that I would be meeting my future son. Oh, wow. He was brought in that day while I was in the room and due to the lack of staff was just placed into my lap. And I remember gazing at his uh, bright blue eyes and he seemed to calm down in my arms. So looking back, I know it was that connection The empathy that got me through the next five years of legal battles until I could adopt him.
0: Oh,
1: I changed a couple of laws, became the first single person in Turkey to ever adopt. And due to this, my son and I found ourselves in the public eye just a bit too much. So I decided to relocate back to the United States. So when I came back with a baby in hand, um, I definitely was not considering acting. Mm. And so I was desperately trying to find a job Um, and obviously not due to my acting experience, but due to that advocacy work in Turkey, I landed a job helping the homeless secure employment. So I continued in workforce development for some time. And then I transitioned into human resources.
0: Well, Ali, that's um that's a phenomenal background. I mean, it's 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 it has such I mean I mean you can hear it and see it, you know, you have this, you know, tremendous empathetic element uh, and service to others element, you know, that just embedded in your DNA and and, and that's such a, a great thing to to see and to hear and just a blessing that you that you have bestowed upon you. And so it's exciting to to hear. You know, what you've done there and how it sets yourself up for the the present and i can imagine you're doing that and injecting that into a lot of your work today
1: yes absolutely
0: um,
1: yeah so i mean I, I have really been fortunate enough to work for some really good strong healthcare systems i mean competent staff effective processes this goes for my full-time roles as well as my work as a consultant And um, over the years, I have had quite a bit of success in employee relations, engagement, and especially retention. And I always see that it's connection, empathy that creates those successes. Um, I actually developed an extensive empathy training program, 12 weeks long, (laughs) which I don't teach anymore too often. But I do try to weave those concepts into almost all of my trainings. So it, it's quite common to hear me say something to the effect of, okay guys, we are working in a good, solid hospital. But what will get us to the next level? So it's when we when we go from being a strong hospital to a place of healing.
0: Mm. And
1: and that can only be accomplished through connection through empathy and you know anthony it's been demonstrated that using empathy and empathic statements tend to establish trust very quickly
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's why it's actually been used to train salespeople as well think about it the quicker mm-hmm. you can establish trust the mm-hmm. more likelihood of closing that sale right mm-hmm. So you know, when I kind of think about the future of healthcare or what I envision, um, you know, if you think about healthcare, um, time speed is crucial, just like it is in sales as well. Um, on a very different level, but time is is crucial. Um, healthcare, you know, can be a very task oriented environment. Uh, I have spoken to countless nurses, techs, and doctors who who continually talk about not having enough time. Mm -hmm. So using empathy, which establishes trust so quickly, it it just makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and, you know, when I look at today um, with the pandemic and everything that is going on, um, there is a positive, um, mm-hmm. especially now. Most everyone seems to agree about the importance of empathy. But I'm still not quite seeing it in our day-to-day lives. I mean, it's not that we don't care. We do. Uh, especially during these times, we see so many who care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we feel, internally, we feel empathy. Mm-hmm we see wonderful examples of kindness and recognition of others mm-hmm. which is wonderful but kindness and the kind of compassion we're seeing it stems from feeling empathy
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is not the same as actually using empathy as a regular means of communication Um, And, you know, we also recognize empathy when we hear it. So it's definitely not foreign to us. Mm -hmm. But again, it's rarely used on a regular, consistent basis. And I think it's just because most of us have not been taught how to use it.
0: Mm.
1: So I did some research um, quite a while ago. Uh-huh. Um, Teresa Wiseman, a-, a nursing scholar, studied empathy extensively across different professions and really found four qualities of empathy. So one, perspective taking. So taking someone else's perspective as the truth. Two, staying out of judgment, which trust me can be very difficult if you enjoy it as much as we all seem to. Mm-hmm. Recognizing emotion in others, and then finally communi- communicating that feeling back.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: seems simple, right? Mm-hmm. It is, or it could be, if it wasn't for our perpetual habit of always focusing on the situation mm. rather than feelings. So let, let me try to give you an example. So if I told you that I was just diagnosed with a rare illness that it can be debilitating on certain days, I work full time and I am in graduate school Mm. and I was having a really difficult time in two of my classes. So I'm thinking about dropping out and I ask for your opinion. What would you say?
0: I would say, um, I would listen to you and and just be sensitive about how you're feeling. Um, I would also offer you know to to, to pray for you as well and uh, and just express my thoughts. And I and then after listening to you for a while, I ask a few more questions to discern if dropping out is. Is something that you feel in the moment and you're consistent with those feelings and there's a justification and you're not just reacting and and it may be the right decision, um, but I would try and do a line of questioning with you sensitively to make sure um, You're doing the right thing and and, uh, so that's my framework, but I don't know yep. if that's the right one. You tell me.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's so interesting. I mean, one, kudos to you because you have those feelings, right? So you, you have that sensitivity. And again, like I said before, most all of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and But most of us are either probers or solvers mm-hmm. or a combination of the two. Um, It sounds kind of like you may be be leaning towards uh, being a prober.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And especially in healthcare, that is so common. So Mm -hmm. if you think about it, healthcare professionals are trained to probe and solve, Mm -hmm. right? A, Mm -hmm. A good doctor or a good nurse, they're supposed to probe, figure out what's wrong, and then solve it. And a good prober and solver will definitely help create a strong hospital. Mm
0: -hmm. But if we
1: want to get to that next level, to that place of healing, we have to add empathy as regularly as we check a patient's blood pressure. Mm. So for me, the following analogy had really helped me understand how to implement empathy. Try to picture a ball of yarn and it has many, many colors of thread, purple, green, yellow, orange, blue. These various colors represent the situation, Mm. the story. Who did what, right? Mm -hmm. Except for that one thread that is bright red, which represents the person's feelings. So implementing empathy is being able to focus on and trace that single thread through all the other colors. So mm. in my example of the complex I just shared with you about being um, ill, grad school, all that, it seems like you, like many others, focused on the situation, right? Because Mm -hmm. that is what I shared with you. I shared Mm -hmm. that I had this rare illness, that I'm working, that I'm in grad school, and that I was doing badly in two of those classes. All of that information, though, is the other colors in that ball of yarn. But what am I feeling? For one, since I asked you for your opinion, it, it shows that my feelings may be more important right now than solving the problem Mm -hmm. because how many times in your life have you asked for someone's opinion when you were absolutely sure about the path ahead?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I or, or the patient may need to process their own feelings before decisions. And if you want, if you truly do want to help them at the end, then they need to trust you first, right? So maybe I'm feeling confused, overwhelmed, scared. So reflecting back those feelings to me will actually show me, it'll demonstrate to me that you are truly hearing me. And when someone hears us, I mean really hears us, Mm -hmm. that is when we can trust. And once we trust, oh my gosh, Mm. so much more is possible.
0: No, this, yeah. is, this is great, Lale. One, one question I'm, I'm curious on, and maybe it's just a quick, like, top one thing. You know, you have, like, you have, like, a healthcare organizations, right? Essential workers, frontline workers, and you have probably a CEO for, like, a hospital. And then you have, like, non-essential businesses that may be in industries that are declining rapidly, like, know a, a company that creates pants or something I don't know right. but you have like declining industries how do you how do you focus on that red thread or if you if you sat down with a leader um you know the the business that needs to lay off some people right now and the business that is actually super super busy but needs to honor their employees like a like a hospital so that their employees don't burn out but just because it's the right thing to do um maybe what's what's an example or two for those two scenarios just I'm, I'm just kind of curious
1: yeah, so um, you know, CEOs are also trained to solve problems, mm-hmm. right? And they're right. usually and they're usually really good at it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so for people who are used to probe or solve immediately, um, implementing empathy can be challenging. Um, but again, you know, maybe using that analogy or whatever analogy works for them. Um, to to focus on the the person's feelings initially it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you can't probe or that you can't solve later but to create that trust and to create that just moment of i hear you um will just go a long way whether you're trying to whether you're making a really hard and difficult decision and action by laying somebody off or if you are trying to um as a nurse or a doctor even in this chaos when you first initially enter in a patient's room you want to be able to create that trust so that they will listen to your healthcare advice you know one hour later
0: mm-hmm. so
1: um you know I I think, you know, one, you can take my empathy class and learn how to do this where it comes comes naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the meantime, at least just taking a moment not to be thinking about what you're going to say next, but only to what is that person saying to me? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that would be my advice for a CEO or Mm -hmm. an HR person. Um, because, you know, you may be laying that person off today, mm-hmm. what happens when the world becomes normal or the new normal? Um, are you not going to need employees again? Um, so again, you know, being farsighted, not short-sighted um, during this crisis, I think will go a long way, not only for the employees, but for your business, for your brand.
0: I love it. I love it. Now, Lali, this is, this is great. Um, tell me a little bit about, so along those lines of empathy and e- empathy and action execution of empathy, which, um, you know, is so key and so important, like we're talking about, how do you, how do you feel like this element and other similar elements that are critical in leadership now more than ever, where do, where do you see this going in the future? How, what's your desires for how this impacts employees, health, in general in the future
1: yeah so you know we all we all kind of move forward with our own experiences our own stories what has worked in our lives mm-hmm. and and could that affect and help other people's lives right mm-hmm. I mean, that is where we all go from so All I can do is maybe just give you just a couple of more examples of where I saw this um, impact my life or the life of others. So I remember back in 2002 when my boss showed me empathy when I was going through a very difficult time. I I remember the connection, um, the, the trust that he showed me. Mm -hmm. And in turn, it made me one of the most loyal employees he probably ever had. Mm. Um, I remember in 2007, when I went from focusing on recruiting to having to lay off over 200 people in less than one year. Remember that 2008 recession? Oh, yeah. So looking at that print operator in his late 50s, who had known nothing but that employer i had to have empathy and just mm. the most recent example is during a new employee orientation how the group of new hires actually shed tears as they role played using empathy so that day was so amazing for me because I knew that they would take that connection, that empathy directly to our patients. And I, this is the future of healthcare that I personally envision.
0: Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it, Lolly. Yeah, this is, this is great. And I really appreciate your work and where you've been and your focus and how it's transpired into your work and it sets ourselves up for, you know, a great firm foundation for the future. Uh, Lale, and this is uh, super, super powerful. Um, my, uh, my last question for you is uh, contact info. So obviously um, you can help a lot of people. You've helped a lot of people and leaders, but uh, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you um, directly or through social media, what would be a great way to do so?
1: So I am definitely on LinkedIn Uh, and I've done a lot so they can read not only on my LinkedIn profile about my work in empathy, but also I think I have an article there that I have um, shared regarding culture building, um, all things that kind of in my, in my brain revolves around empathy. Um, So my name, because it's, it's, Difficult. Right. Lale, <laughs> Gerger, so it's L-A-L-E and my last name is Gerger, G-E-R, G-E-R. Or they can um, email me at Lale, L-A-L-E, at consultingforsolutions.com.
0: Super, super. Well, Lale, I love your name and I, I love your work and I love what you've done. And it's it's really uh, great and refreshing to hear this specific focus, which isn't talked about enough. And so it's, it's, a, it's a blessing what you're bringing to the market and, and the, the leadership you're bringing to help other leaders. And as you work on more projects and do more services, we'd love to have you come back and share your successes. But uh, such a timely topic at a timely time um, and uh, to focus on this positive element in this, in this current uh, New interesting world where we've been in for a little bit, but it's it's this type of thinking and in your type of thinking that's going to get us to rise above anything that comes our way. So, really appreciate uh, you be coming on the show and telling your story and sharing your truth with us.
1: Thank you, and um, Anthony. I hope that you and your listeners in the coming days can find those moments from the craziness of this pandemic and create connections truly listen and empathize with each other and please your
0: employees absolutely absolutely will do and much appreciate this is uh this has been great Lolly. really appreciate it
1: thank you anthony
0: thank you thank you thank you so much